Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to a special Yom Ha'atzmaut edition of the Stunt Show here at the Nachum Siegel Network. You just heard a special classical guitar rendition of Hatikva performed by Chagai Rechavia as we are here to celebrate the State of Israel's 68th birthday. We're so glad that you can join us here at the Nachum Siegel Network. Today we are going to be playing some great Israeli music as well as interviewing three uh, wonderful citizens of the State of Israel who are working uh, in various capacities to help better the lives for uh, the Jews in Israel and the Jews around the world in the diaspora. And they will include Rabbi Shimon Apostorf, uh, Joseph Bornstein, and Tamar Weissman. And uh, with me today is a special uh, co-host, the one and only Toby Finkelstein, who is actually... (laughs) Welcome, Toby. (laughs) <laughs> and she actually has a, a longer uh, relationship and a longer history uh, with some of the people in here at the Nachum Siegel Network uh, that I do. And uh, she has uh, some expertise uh, in some of the topics that we are going to be covering. And I just thought it would be great to have her on the show. So uh, welcome, Toby, to the Stunt Show. How are you? Thank God. Thank you, Mr. Finkelstein. I must say that uh, your preparation for the stunt show in uh, wearing a helmet was uh, very thoughtful, and uh, I appreciate it. It's too bad uh, that the listeners can't see that, but uh, they should know that you've taken this very seriously. (laughs) Looking forward to a great show. We're going to check out this new Yom Ha'atzmaut mashup featuring DJ Rafi and Shai Barak. Um, and then following that, we've got a really special treat as we welcome a great storyteller and a prolific author, Rabbi Shimon Apostorf, uh, to the program to share his experience uh, from Yom HaZikaron and Yom HaTzmud. So stay tuned. This is the special Yom HaTzmud edition of The Stunt Show here at the Nachum Siegel Network. <laughs> Bye. 
עוד תראה, עוד תראה, כמה טוב יהיה בשנה, בשנה. הלוואי, ויום יצמח מתוך סופה גועשת, הלוואי, ולא טובה לעד המתנה. הלוואי, שהמדבר יצמיח עשב דשא, הלוואי, ועוד נשב אצל האתנה. הלוואי, שלא ניחה ואיש אחיו יאהב, הלוואי, הלוואי, ויפתחו שוב שערי גן הלוואי, ויתמזגו מזרח ומערב, הלוואי, הלוואי, ונחדש ימינו כאן עוד הזמר שם, עוד ליבי מכה עם ולוחש לו בלי, עוד לא אהבתי די, הרוח והשמש על פניי, יום העצמאות בשבילי זה יום מאוד חשוב, זה היום שבו קמה המדינה, היום שבו חוגגים את עצמאות מדינת ישראל. יום העצמאות בשבילי זה שמחה ענקית, זה לדעת שיש לי מדינה ויש לי בית שאני יכולה להרגיש בתוכה בו. יום העצמאות זה החג הכי ישראלי בשבילי, יום העצמאות שמח. ביום העצמאות הזה אני מתכוון לסגור את יום העצמאות ולשמור על המדינה שלנו כי אין לנו ארץ אחרת That's right, Yom HaTzmaut Sameach, Happy Israel Independence Day, Happy 68th Birthday. to the State of Israel. That was a bunch of our heroes, the young men and women of the IDF, the Israel Defense Forces, 
uh, sharing greetings in a wonderful video that the uh, IDF had put out on their YouTube page. Wonderful to be able to include them in the program. And uh, before that, we had the Yom Ha'atzmaut mashup featuring DJ Rafi and Shai Barak, uh, their take on uh, some classic tunes from Israel. And uh, this is Avrami. You are tuned into a special Yom Ha'atzmaut edition of the Stunt Show here at the Nachum Siegel Network. And we are ready for our first guest. Uh, Rabbi Shimon Apostorf is an award-winning author of 10 books, uh, including the uh, Judaism in a Nutshell series and the uh, High Holiday Survival Kit. Uh, he and his family made Aliyah four years ago. He's currently revising and updating the Israel in a Nutshell book. He's working with Unity Day on developing Achtos-based educational materials and uh, we are so happy to have him on the program to share some impressions and some experiences from Yom HaZikaron and Yom HaTzma'ut. Welcome to the program and Yom HaTzma'ut Sameach, Rabbi Shimon Apostorf. Chag Sameach, Yom HaTzma'ut Sameach to you, Abrami. It's great to be here. It's wonderful to have you. And by here, I mean Yerushalayim. <laughs> So um, can you tell us a little bit um, just about uh, your experiences or what's been going on for you this year with Yom HaZikaron and uh, impressions of Yom HaTzimut that you've had uh, has been as recently made Aliyah, really. It's just a few years, but still that's very recent and all, everything is very fresh. How are things going for you and the Mishpacha? Well, uh, thank God things are, great. things are going great for the family. Um, I'll tell you the truth, Avrami. Um, as you know, I didn't, I didn't grow up in an observant family. I, I became observant about, uh, I don't know, 35, 36, 37 years ago, some, something like that. And since making Aliyah four years ago, in a certain sense, I feel like I'm kind of starting all over again. There's a whole new reality to being in the land of Israel, in the state of Israel, a part of the Jewish people in a way that just doesn't exist anywhere else. And, and some of the things that are at the center of that, that totally different uh, reality uh, is Yom HaZikaron, Yom Ha'atzma'ut. And with each year, I'm kind of uh, learning um, how to incorporate those days into my life, into my family's life, into my relationship with God, my relationship to the Jewish people, my relationship to Torah and mitzvahs. It's all, it's all a, a relatively new and um, evolving experience for me. As you mentioned, I just, you know, within, uh, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes ago, got back from Har Herzl, the, the largest uh, military uh, cemetery in Israel, here in Yerushalayim. And what we've been doing uh, as a family the last few years is we go specifically to visit the graves of, uh, of Holocaust survivors who were the only surviving member of their family who died in '48. Um, I just came back from visiting the grave of... Uh, of uh, Hannah Versatil, who was a, uh, a young Hasidic girl uh, from a Hasidic family and uh, grew up in Auschwitz, and actually, the, the town where Auschwitz, just outside where Auschwitz was. She's the only survivor of her, of her family, came here in, in uh, 1946 or 1947, um, and went to Gush Etzion, and without going into the whole story, she died defending Gush Etzion the day before the state of Israel was established. So that's today. That's Yom HaZikaron is her yard site. And Yom HaTzma'ut is the day that she never got to see. Um, but uh, 
as I said, <clears throat> say to her, the first year we started doing this, I, I went to a cavern. There was a little stone on a grave, and it was obviously left by a child. And you could see kind of written in like magic marker puffy paint on the stone. It said, Hakol Hit Gashem, everything came to be. That which Chana, this Hasidish girl, born and raised in a Hasidic family in Poland who came to fight for the establishment of the Jewish homeland, what she died for on Yom HaZikaron, which wasn't Yom HaZikaron, obviously, at the time, 68 years ago, HaKolit Gashem, the reality came to be, Israel came to be, and the unfolding miracle that we, that we have the incredible merit to live is still unfolding. It's still being mit Gashem. It's still coming into reality. It's still unfolding beneath our feet, in front of our eyes, every moment, every day. And that's 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 part of what what Yom Hazikaron, Yom Atzmod is all about. Wow. And you know, it's it's true that um, Toby has said it to me many times. And uh, when we talk about always considering and talking about and hopefully planning for making Aliyah, and uh, People very often are talking about uh, all the good things that happen there. People worry about the sad things that happen there. Um, and it's just a matter of all of those things, and she says it very well, all of those things that happen, you know, the sad things that happen and the happy things are what make life a more real version, a more reality for the Jewish people that those of us here, we just we can hear about it and so on, but, but there's just something about life being more meaningful and more real and the sad things and everything bringing people together. I don't, I'm not, I'm not wording it very well, but just like we're, we're very envious that, um, that, uh, you're able to be there and do that. And we obviously can't have any kind of experience. It's really just completely an outsider's experience of being here. And so we thank you for, for sharing. Is there, uh, things that you're planning to do for Yom Smut now then to heighten the, the joy and the happiness uh, that you are there now that, as we see on Yom Hazikaron, you do things that are the more meaningful, gaining from the sad. Is there things that you plan also to heighten the happiness? Well, um, yes, <laughs> there are. Uh, this evening, some friends, um, young people, um, like I used to be, uh, friends <laughs> of ours. <laughs> you still look the same age, Rabbi. <laughs> <laughs> um, they called us a few days ago, and, and uh, you know, people who we have for uh, for Shabbos and for Yontif and uh, occasionally called and asked if they could basically use our home for a place tonight for a kind of a intimate, spiritual, musical gathering tonight for Yom Ha'atzma'ut. So uh, in a couple hours from now, we're going to uh, go over uh, to Merkaz Rav Yeshiva, which is across the street from where we live. And we will uh, daven Yom Ha'atzma'ut tonight, a tefillah chagigit, a, a, a festive, incredible davening. The evening of Yom Ha'atzma'ut is, is, the davening is really, it, it, it really can't be put into words. Uh, sorry. It's all right. What? You just have to be here and open up your heart, your Jewish heart, to to understand it. But <clears throat> just like uh, Avrami, you know, you've been at the uh, 
you've you've seen your children be born. And thank God I have two, and I've seen grandchildren be born, and I've walked with my children to the chuppah. No matter how many words you try to describe those types of moments in life, there are no words. It's impossible. Um, there, there's just, the words have never been made to describe moments like that. And tonight, as uh, Yom HaZikaron ends and Yom HaTzmuk begins, the, the tefillah of tonight defies any description, but... Uh, we named our first son, our oldest son, who's now, uh, not sure how old he is, but he's, he's around 25 or 26, something like that. And uh, they just had their first child a couple weeks ago. And we named him after Yerushalayim. His name is Yitzchak Ben Sion. And Ben Sion is after a Pasuk related to Yerushalayim, a verse in the Torah related to Yerushalayim. And we told him at his birth that our, our dream for him was to to live in Yerushalayim. And uh, uh, Toby, you were at his bar mitzvah in Yerushalayim, and we reminded him at his bar mitzvah that we wanted to, him to live in Yerushalayim. And uh, all I can say to you guys is never give up, and that's what I can say to everyone. It may take a year, it may take five years, it took us over 25 years, but we never gave up the dream. Don't ever give up the dream of Yerushalayim, of Eretz Yisrael, and... And if you have the opportunity, God willing, you will have the opportunity to be here, to live here, to experience tefillah on the night of Yom Hatzma'ut. It is truly something that the words never have or never will be created that can describe the gratitude, the over overwhelming gratitude that I can only kind of relate in some way to the birth of a child or the marriage of a child. It's just something that's overwhelming. And just like we can never, ever, ever even begin to approach saying thank you to our parents in the way that our parents deserve all the thanks that we have to give them, we can never even begin to approach the gratitude that we need to express to HaKadosh Baruch Hu for the miracle that we're able to live here, to walk these streets of Israel, of Eretz Yisrael, of Yerushalayim. It's just, it's truly beyond words. Rabbi Apostorf, thank you very much um, It's uh, for those very moving words. And it really is, there's nothing else really that needs to be, that was perfect. And we thank you so much for sharing your experience and sharing those thoughts and sharing your blessings with us <laughs> And with our listeners here at the Nahum Siegel Network on this Yom Hatzma'ut. And uh, we just wish you and your family all the best and more happiness and more growth and more success in the Holy Land. And we wish Be'ezrat Hashem to be with you there, not too far in the future, celebrating good times and being with you at those intimate music moments. As we remember, they were so excellent here in the Sukkah in Baltimore. And we look forward to that. And we wish you and everyone and all the listeners a Yom Hatzma'ut Sameach. Thank you so much for joining us here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Amen. Can't wait to be with you guys here. Love you. Shekhiyano v'kimano v'higiyano L'azman haze Shekhiyano v'kimano v'higiyano L'azman haze V'higiyano l'azman
ראיתי את שבעת פלאי תבל, בקוטב הצפוני וגם דרומה, אך אין מקום כמו ארץ ישראל, וכמו גלויות של נוף יפות, תמונות בזיכרוני עפות, כמו בעד עדשה של מצלמה. בתרמילי אותן אשא לכל מקום, בכל מסע, כדי פסיפס מתוך תמונה שלמה. שלום לך ארץ נהדרת, עבדך הדל נושא לך שיר מזמור, גם אם לעיתים נודד אני על דרך, מה טוב לנדוד אך טוב יותר לחזור. צריכי המגדלים בירושלים, בסמטאות השוק הצבעוני, גגות הרעבים של גבעתיים, הניבטים מבעד חלוני, את האוויר בתל אביב, את סבתי ואת סבי, את החלה ואת נרות שבת, את ים המלח מול אדום ואשת לוט. ולסתום, ואת הקיץ אורך האלת. שלום לך ארץ נהדרת, עבדך הדל נושא לך שיר מזמור. גם אם לעיתים נודד אני על דרך, מה טוב לנדוד אך טוב יותר לחזור. מימיה הכחולים של הכנרת, והרקיע התואם מעל, והרגשת הבית המוכרת, בתוך אורכי זורמת כמו חשמל. הרי גליל והשומרון, הפרדסים שבשרון, וילדים בגן המושבה, את הכרמל ואת הים. אחד אחד ואת כולם תמיד קורצים אומרים ברוך הבא. שלום לך ארץ נהדרת, עבדך הדל נושא לך שיר מזמור, גם אם לעיתים נודד אני על דרך, מה טוב לנדוד אך טוב יותר לחזור. Welcome back. That was Yehoram Gaon with his classic Shalom Lach Eretz Nehederet. And before that, we had Sandy Shmueli with Shechayanu from his Hallelujah CD in honor of this great Yom Hatzmot Stun Show special hosted by Avrami and Toby Finkelstein. And we had on Rabbi Shimon Abbasdorf before. And we are coming up with our next guest now, uh, Mr. Joseph Bornstein. 
And I want to have a full disclosure here. Uh, one of the reasons why uh, Toby is on the show with me uh, today was specifically because of this uh, next guest. Toby has been involved over the past year or two in raising several millions of dollars for Jewish organizations through crowdfunding. And uh, when she found out about this next guest and what he is getting ready to do as far as Israel and crowdfunding uh, is amazing. And she wanted to get us to share it with the listeners, especially since it's based in Israel. And uh, we wanted to focus on Israel during Yom Atzimut. Take it away, Toby. Hey, thanks, Avrami. Hi, and welcome to Joseph Bornstein. I'm excited to introduce him as an up-and-coming game changer in the field of crowdfunding uh, based in Israel. Um, I was introduced to Joseph through my crowdfunding work. He is the founder of Cosmatch.com and today is launching I Am Israel, the first known attempt at an online joint crowdfunding for Israeli causes in Israel. The goal of, I believe, is it $3 million? Correct, it's $3 million. Okay, so um, could you tell us a little bit, Joseph, about um, what this is, I Am Israel? The idea of I Am Israel is that, you know, the, the time of Israel's Independence Day, Yom Ma'ut, is a time of tremendous idealism and emotion and passion for Israel. So we thought at Cosmetch, what a great opportunity to make this not only into a time of celebration, but also an opportunity to take action, uh, to take action to support the incredible organizations that are doing tremendous work to uh, to help the Israeli people and, and people all over the world. So uh, we've brought together a cadre of three premier organizations, everybody from Yehud Hatzalah, United Hatzalah, Magin David Adom, Save a Child's Heart, uh, you know, Birthright Israel Foundation, a tremendous group of wonderful organizations that all uh, do excellent work for Israel and around the world. And each organization has their own fundraising goal. And then collectively, there is the goal of I Am Israel, the I Am Israel campaign, uh, which is the, the composite of all of the, of the individual goals reflected in that macro goal. And uh, part of the idea also is that the Jewish world has so many different uh, spheres or, or silos, you could say. And we thought that part of celebrating Israel, how beautiful it could be, if part of you know your opportunity to support your favorite cause or or nonprofit, but you're also supporting the cause which is Israel. So the the website and the the campaign is on cosmatch.com/slash I am Israel. All is one word. Cool. Um, How did you enter the space? Like this is um, I've seen Cosmatch. I've seen crowdfunding platforms. Um, all over the place. I, I believe this past October, Kickstarter, um, they raised their uh, second billion dollar, and um, they <laughs> said that this second billion that they raised, they raised in like three times as fast as their first billion. So this is a, this is a growing, this is definitely a growing field. How did you end up um, joining this field and and deciding to, you know, do this for these types of causes? So. I myself am actually a nonprofit co-founder. Before Cosmatch, I was in the world of nonprofits and fundraising, and as a co-founder, obviously having to do a lot of fundraising. And it was really through that experience and using, by the way, 
organizations like Kickstarter and Indiegogo for fundraising. And through that experience, I saw that there was uh, a need for a more effective way for causes to crowdfund. And it was through that work and experience that I ultimately came to uh, realize the idea of cause match. And actually, the the light bulb moment was I was working for a Jewish incubator called Corey Team, and we were doing a crowdfunder to try and help. We were in the process of helping different Jewish ventures get underway, and we wanted to do a crowdfunder to help them get the money that they needed to get started. And I just saw that there was a need to do something to really give a boost uh, to those crowdfunders. So we had the idea, okay, what if we were to offer bonus money to those fellows? How empowering and exciting it would be for a small donor to realize, wow, you know, my $36 contribution could actually help them win $1,800 or some sort of bonus prize to gamify and create a sense of competition. So we did just that, and indeed it really made an impact on the fellows and their ability to fundraise. And that was, you know, one of those moments in life where you step back and you look at the facts that you're seeing in front of your eyes. And so from there, moved into doing a a lot of research, and I saw the, the tremendous power of not only crowdfunding, but also providing matching funds and, and to gamify that experience and emotionally connect the end user with a chance to help their favorite cause, you know, not only reach their goal, but also to unlock tens of thousands or even hundreds of thousands of dollars in matching funds. Uh, so a big goal of uh, Toby's I've seen when she's been a lot involved in, uh, in this kind of fundraising is not just getting money for organizations, which is important and uh, it's awesome when we can do it, but it's also creating on these days a sense of community, a sense of organizations being together and that being a big, a big focus, which is obviously more important because it's good to raise funds and do this, but that feeling of Achtos, that feeling of Am Yisrael together, especially like on a day like on Yom Hatzmod. So how have you found that to be with the organizations you're working with uh, in this endeavor? You know, I look at crowdfunding and, a, and an online platform really as an opportunity for storytelling, uh, particularly digital storytelling, but also picking up the call the phone calling your support base and you know, to share a, a film and to share text describing the incredible work that you're doing. So with crowdfunding, there's the chance to really rally and unify your entire support base and also to, to share your cause and the tremendous work that every organization is doing with a much broader network because you're able to literally just send the email, uh, you know, to hundreds of thousands of people with a few simple clicks, and so it's really it's a great chance to share your message and also to create a rallying call for people to unite around, and particularly with our I Am Israel campaign, it really is a tremendous chance for the Jewish people uh, to unite and to unite through philanthropy, to unite for the shared cause of, you know, building a stronger Israel and a stronger Jewish people and helping the world as a whole. And that's part of the idea, is that it's 18 premier organizations all joining together under one umbrella with one shared cause, which is Israel. And how was it? Was it um, easy for you to actually try to get those organizations to work together? Or was there a wariness where they were receptive to working together? Or was there a wariness of you know, joining a, a, a fundraising space together? 
you know, when we shared the idea with people, it was an idea that made immediate sense. It, you know, just clicked with people and was something that everybody was interested in. Uh, of course, you know, the beginnings are the hardest. So as we were able to get a few participants on board and people saw that they were exciting organizations that they would want to be connected with, then things started to flow much more easily. But, uh, you know, Jerusalem U, which she does you know, uh, Hasbara-type films and, you know, films really sharing the story of Israel and, and the Jewish people. Uh, so they were one of the first people who came on board. And then as we started to grow that portfolio, it became easier and easier. Uh, for sure, people wanted to know, of course, who was part of the, who was part of the cohort. But actually, everybody seemed very excited to, to all be part of it, even organizations that were you know, in a shared space, it, it made sense to them that they would all be together there representing Israel as, as, one, as one cadre. That's a huge, huge, huge breakthrough. Um, just, you're probably familiar with um, the first known statewide giving day. Um, it happened, really, which is a lifetime ago in this space, seven years ago in 2009 in Minnesota. Like, when the first statewide giving day happened, um, like, they kind of thought, okay, hopefully they'll get about, and they thought it was a safe, safe, crazy goal that they were going to raise maybe like four, five million dollars statewide on, on, on a giving day. And they, and so, you know, they thought like, okay, eight million dollars is what they need to put away to have, um, as a goal is, as a top, top goal with matching funds and they incentivize mm -hmm. by covering credit card fees, but they only put away money to cover credit card fees for tops $8 million because that would be like the craziest, most outlying goal they ever could. And they ended up raising $14 million in 24 hours, leaving them with like almost $200,000 worth of like uncovered credit card fees. And, um, and it was just so crazy, the generosity that came out of that giving day. And I'm looking at your $3 million goal with 18 charities that are anywhere from United Hatzalah to Magin David Adom, I saw to Shura Hadin, so many wonderful Save a Child's Heart, great range of causes for Israel. And I'm wondering, so do you think this $3 million goal is like, what, what, are, you, what's, what are you hoping and what are the organizations and what do you think is really going to happen? I mean, you can't really know, but what do you sure. think might happen here with like your $3 million goal? So I definitely think that this goal is something that, you know, we can easily achieve. And I, I believe that this is the event happening, this Yomatsumut. And it really is a chance for people all over the world to, to unite and to stand with Israel and to support Israel uh, by either donating to all, one, or some of the organizations. And, you know, for sure it is something that we can achieve this goal and, and above and beyond. And I think long term that, you know, the hope is to make this, uh, there's, a, there's a day and towards the end of November called Giving Tuesday, which is, you know, the largest fundraising day um, that I know of in the world, at least definitely in North America. And I think that, you know, we can turn this into the giving event for Israel um, and, and truly make it an international phenomenon. Awesome. All right. Really, really cool. I wish you guys a ton of luck and, um, and a lot of Hatzlacha. 
And if you can just reiterate to folks where they can find out about uh, participating and um, the URL or where they can find you on social media, how can they follow this, how can they participate? Absolutely. So I want to invite everybody to be a part of Making History Together and supporting these 18 incredible organizations working for Israel and Jewish people and the world as a whole. You can find out about I Am Israel by visiting Cosmatch.com slash I Am Israel, all one word. Again, that's Cosmatch.com, C-A-U-S-E-M-A-T-C-H.com slash I Am Israel. Okay. Thank cool. you so much for joining us uh, today here at the Nahum Siegel Network, and we wish you much success and just keep on having these uh, kind of great projects that are uh, inspiring and hopefully going to be helping uh, so many people. And make sure to get a little sleep because I know it's probably going to be crazy <laughs> for you guys and your team. Yeah. All right. Take Thank you so much. Really yep. appreciate it being here. Thank you so much for hosting us. Yom Atzmat Sameach. Yom Atzmat Sameach. Bye-bye. Okay, well, that could potentially be a real game changer um, when it comes to crowdfunding and support for causes for Israel. And we are all looking forward to uh, checking back in with Joseph Bornstein uh, when the campaign is over to see how they do and to uh, congratulate them on their uh, success. Thanks, Toby, for conducting that interview. And uh, we're going to head back to uh, a song before we get to our final interview. This is called Bruchim. It's by Yonatan Razel, and you are tuned into the Yom Atzmud edition of the Stunt Show uh, on the great NSN app and here on the stream at NahumSiegel.com. Hashem, 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 Hashem,
Welcome back, everybody. You are tuned into a special Yomat Smoot edition of the Stunt Show here at the Nahum Siegel Network, being hosted by Avrami and Toby Finkelstein. Uh, we just heard Yonatan Razel's Bruchim off of his Bain Hatzli Lim CD. And uh, now, as the show is kind of winding down, we are ready for our final special guest of the afternoon. And uh, Toby, why don't uh, you do the uh, honors of, uh, of introducing her? Hey, welcome to Mar Weissman of Baltimore born and bred and moved to Israel. Um, I want to introduce one of my very best friends who I admire so, 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 so much, despite the fact that we didn't always see eye to eye very much when we were in post high school. And now I'm like, wow, I actually see what you're talking about. (laughs) She is Tamar Weissman, the author of uh, Tribal Lands. She is a Land of Israel Studies scholar um, and expert in Tanakh. I travel, uh, a tour guide in Israel, and we have brought her here today from Ma'ala Adumim. Um, she is a mother of six and the owner of two extremely large dogs. <laughs> and wearing white and blue today. <laughs> <laughs> and for that, we are in awe um, that she's able to do all of this and still maintain a really um, great sense of humor. So welcome, Tamar. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, we are excited to have Tamar because she brings a scholarly element to um, the topic of Yomatzmot, the land of Israel, tying our um, our current lives in Israel to the past. And I kind of just want to open it up to Tamar. Like, what would you like to share? Um, bring us in one of those incredible kind of insights that we just don't expect um, to hear from most types of people when it comes to land of Israel, Yomatzmot, Tanakh the significance of this day to the Jewish people. You're catching me at a very heavy time, uh, a very a, a very exciting time right now as we uh, as we move from Yom Azikaron to Yom Atzma'ut. Um, the country is shedding off its, uh, its grief and moving into preparations for celebration for the tikkumah for the for the nes the miracle that is the founding of the modern state of Israel and uh, and and the kibbutz galiot the ingathering of the Jewish people back to the state of Israel. I believe that this is the first year that the majority of the of world Jewry now resides in Eretz Israel in the land of Israel. Cause for tremendous celebration, uh, and um, and that that's really what's going through all of our minds. And we're still in our blue and white. Uh, as, as we all heard that Sfira, the siren this morning, um, but we, we keep that blue and white through the celebration tonight and the fireworks tonight, very different types of sounds that uh, were whooping of joys as opposed to the wailing uh, that we had this morning. Um, and that's, that's really what's going through all of our heads right now. Um. I have a question, I guess, a little bit because of your expertise in, like, Tamar wrote a book called Tribal Lands, and it connects um, each, her hypothesis was, the hypothesis of the book, well, actually, maybe you can um, describe it a little bit better. Sure, um, sure. And well, as a, as from a that, I, I kind of wanted to ask you one question, explain sure. kind of like a little bit of the hypothesis of the book, and then from there, connecting um this crazy insight that you've had about um, the Shvatim and the Nachlaot, what now do you see? Like, do you see any of those characters? Is there one place that you can look at nowadays in modern Israel 
that you'd say is still retaining that feel, or maybe it's all of them, I don't know, retains that feel of the power of um, the original um, Nahla and that original Shevet that's really contributed to um, the establishment of this new modern Israel. Sure. What a great question. And I, I guess I'll start with talking a little bit about the book um, and use that as a, as a basis for addressing the question. Um, as a tour guide, I was always trying, always trying to show different, different display, different facets of the land of Israel. Of course, there are many sites that most tourists to the land of Israel and most people who live in Israel uh, go to quite regularly. Um, and that's usually the structure that the guides take. Uh, but uh, a number of years back, I was trying to devise new ways of looking at the land of Israel because I really firmly believe that um, the land of Israel has a, a personality and a character, has many personalities and characters for that matter, just like the people of Israel. And just like a person is dynamic and changing, and, and, and you always want to meet people at different stages in their lives to uh, get to uncover who they are and, and discover who they are. So too it is with the land of Israel that um, there's no, you, you can't just go to one site, say, oh, okay, I've been there and I understand what it's about. If you go back a number of years later and look at it from a slightly different angle, then you uncover marvelous new things, just as you would if you were having coffee with an old friend who you haven't seen for a while. So that was what spurred the, uh, the book. Um, I thought to look at the land of Israel as it would have been uh, in the time of the, uh, the settling of the land of Israel by B'nai Yisrael, by the Israelites, and how the land was divided among the 12 tribes. And um, with, the, with the belief that God was... Uh, overseeing the division of the land, and therefore he allocated each portion of land per, to a tribe based on the tribal character. So Zvulun, Zvulun's allocation, Zvulun's nachala, his allotment of the land, is exactly where it should be because it matches his character. Uh, same with Yehuda, Naftali, etc. And as I explore the characters of the Shvatim, of the tribes, um, and I, I explored the contours of their nachalot, of their tribal divisions, it became very clear that uh, the land, which is very evocative and has a personality of its own, really is matzim, is perfectly matched to the tribal character. So uh, the book really deals with uh, the personalities of the tribes and the personality of the lands and, and various tour itineraries um, of exploring each of those tribal allotments. But I, I really do think that this is not some kind of a scholarly pursuit uh, that is um, kind of interesting to those who, are, who would like to know what Israel was like 3,000 years back. I think it's extraordinarily relevant because the land is a living, dynamic entity. It still is extraordinarily evocative. The people of Israel is a living, dynamic entity, and we too are perhaps in a state of tribalism in forming our national unity. Just as in the period of the judges, we were very strongly tribally oriented and identified as tribes and sometimes fought bitterly within our ranks, eventually, thank God, that gave way to a national unity. Uh, that would emerge in the later Svarim, in the later books of the Bible. And so I think that perhaps we are once again in that period of national formation, where we as disparate tribes, as disparate uh, Jewish 
as they call here, migzarim, and Jewish groupings, um, are finding our way as individuals and then coming together. I see it happening over the years, coming together to find that national unity. And so uh, this book to me is, is very, very relevant. So when it, we were to go, for instance, um, to um, Nachalad Zvulun, uh, which is a very underexplored Nachala. It's Where's in the that? lower level. It's, oh, in the, well, it's in the lower Galil. Uh, you would expect, actually, given what we all know of Zvulun, right. that his his uh, his would be his uh, his tribal portion would be on the coast because he is known as a seafarer and a trader and a coastal personality. But indeed, he was given a um, a land portion, and um, and if you go there and you explore the, the portion of, of Zvulun, then um, various different um, emotions think, arise over and against and if you were to explore the tribal allotment of Yisachar, very, very closely related to Zvulun, also in, in, in personality, uh, in, in uh, kinship, and in location of Nahala. and. Uh, if you go to the two places and you meet the different people who currently are settling within the ancient contours of the of the tribal allotment of Zvulun and the ancient contours of the tribal allotment of Yisachar, then uh, it really does, in a way, bring our na our nationhood full circle. Um, different people, but slowly but surely growing together to form the nation of Israel. Uh, you so say that. Yeah, yeah, no, but okay, weird just because you brought that up. So would you say that now, like, I'm just curious, like, is this like an eternal character for that land and potentially like there's a, because we don't have Zulam, we don't have Yisachar, is it like, but would you still say because of that, your hypothesis that that land really has some type of character and potential, potentiality there? That I think that the land definitely draws different personalities. Interesting. Um, and that this idea of tribalism, as it was so clearly and starkly defined one over and against another, which even led to civil war and led to tremendous strife and led, you know, to to bloody battle uh, between inter between brothers in right. the ancient world in Tanakh and and had we had this conversation perhaps 10, 15, 20 mm -hmm. years ago, then I think I'd speak with a little bit more despair, a little bit more. Um, um, sadness about the the strife within our ranks but i really do feel uh having lived here now having had the the tremendous privilege and school to live here now for um almost two decades i really do see the giving way of the tribal uh, separatism to a national unity where we are able to draw together. We still have different personalities. Not just trying to get us to make Aliyah faster. <laughs> <laughs> Which we appreciate. We appreciate that. We appreciate that. Kumbaya over there, right? <laughs> Definitely. We're coming, I, I, we're coming. That's, that's what Kibbutz Galiot is. It's the ingathering of different peoples with different cultures, different thoughts, um, you know, different ways to grapple with their relationship with the divine, but drawing together and forming this beautiful tapestry of B'nai Yisrael. There's no such thing as a, as a singular Ben Yisrael. Yaakov had 12 sons, and each son was an integral part of Am Yisrael. And I find that lesson to be extraordinarily relevant. So um, when I go 
primarily at this point is with my children, uh, exploring the various different nachalot, um, then and and feeling very strongly bonds with all within all of the nachalot. Although Yehuda is ex- is tremendously different than Asher, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, and Yisachar is worlds away from done in terms of the, the feelings that you get when you go to visit these nachalot. Just as visiting with different people and meeting different people in Israel will leave you feeling, you know, uh, will, leave, will, will leave you feeling differently. But it always inevitably leaves you feeling inspired. And so I think that we as, as the modern um, realization of ancient Am Yisrael, as modern Am Yisrael are really joining together within our, our different Shvatim and being inspired one with the other. And I'm yeah. going to ask you about just with... We just Yom have Hatzmuk a couple of Yom. minutes left, so... Um, okay, just, uh, I guess, yeah, just with this Yom HaTzmuk coming, is there like one Nachla, you would say, or one place in Israel, maybe a city, whatever place, if you were to advise one place, Yom HaTzmuk, if you would go, and, and that would be the most, for you, for you personally, like the most... Yeah. Um, exciting, most inspiring place to be oh, on. People, people who know me or anyone who's ever taken a tour with me know that I'm always drawn to the north and uh, specifically to, to Nachalat Yisachar. Nachalat Yisachar is uh, an extraordinarily, extraordinary pleasure to visit and to take in. It really is the swath of the Jezreel Valley uh, leading to the Yisachar Heights as you head off to the east towards the Jordan Valley Rift. It's a beautiful pastoral, very peaceful area, just like uh, its, its, um, its forebearer, its, uh, Yisachar, was a, um, a man of peace, a man of calmness, um, a person who was granted the gifts of, um, of, of being a ben Torah and also being, as Rev. Shamshunafal Hirsch calls him, the quintessential Jewish farmer. And I find that to be fascinating, that they really do go hand in hand. And in a way, we have, we've uh, often been taught to see those two things as very, very different and separate. You have your workers and you have your scholars. And Yisachar is both the ultimate paradigm of, a, of one who plods along and plants his field and is successful in his physical endeavors, and one who is the Ben Torah, the one who is extremely happy also in the study halls, which are so central to our nationality. And I think that those two pillars of um, Am Yisrael, the Eretz Yisrael, the Torah Yisrael, the three pillars, really, of, of, Eretz, the, of, of the Jewish people in the land of Israel, working the land of Israel, developing it. And we see so much coming from the land of Israel, uh, but Yisachar is the traditional agricultural um, worker developing the land of Israel. That which was a reality 3,000 years ago is once again very clearly a reality nowadays. The Jezreel Valley is one of the main breadbaskets of Israel, producing a tremendous uh, output. And um, and at the same time, the yeshivot that are being established within the uh, the contours of the ancient Nachalat Yisachar are producing tremendous scholars. And so that is the Nachalat that always makes my neshama sing. Um, <laughs> if you can just, we're going to be pretty much wrapping up. If you can just share with the listeners, uh, first of all, where they can uh, get your book and also how they can contact you if they would like to take part in uh, one of your tours, uh, that'd be great. So that way, because um, obviously you've shown in just in this brief conversation that uh, <laughs> it would be a great experience to see Israel uh, in, in this you. manner. Thank you. And, and it would be a real pleasure 
to um, to meet your listeners. Uh, my book is available in most Jewish bookstores. Uh, in case it's not available in Jewish bookstores, uh, one can always order it from a bookstore or order online via Amazon. Uh, the book is called Tribal Lands, the 12 Tribes of Israel in Their Ancestral Territories. Um, and um, you could alternatively go to my website, TamarWeisman.com, order via my website and be in touch with me via my website. Awesome. Always a pleasure. Always, always a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, you so much for... Thank you so much for joining us today, and Yom Ha'atzmaut Sameach to you and to the family and to uh, to Kol uh, Kol Am Yisrael. Gam lachem lekol hamazinim to you and to all of your listeners as well. <laughs> Thanks so much. And that was Tamara Weissman, author, scholar, tour guide in the land of Israel, joining us here on this special Yom Ha'atzmaut stunt show here at the Nachum Siegel Network. And that pretty much wraps it up for us here. I'd really like to thank Toby very much for joining me on this uh, experiment. Thank you so much. It would not have been the same without you. Thank you very much for letting me join from the dining room. And uh, we'd like to thank our guests, Rabbi Shimon Apistorf, Joseph Bornstein, and Tamara Weissman for sharing their thoughts and views on these uh, very special days from the Holy Land via Zrat Hashem someday in the not-too-far future. We will hopefully be joining them there. Uh, stay tuned, everybody, as Throwback Thursday is going to be a classic edition of a Yom HaTzmut celebration of JM and the AM from 2003. And for our full schedule of programming, check on the schedule icon on our homepage. I'd like to take this opportunity to wish everybody a wonderful rest of the day, a Yom HaTzmut Sameach, and of course a Shabbat Shalom. We end the show with Chagai Rachavia as we began his classical guitar rendition of HaTekva Shalom Shalom. <laughs>